Today is Saturday, July 30th. Just when we thought the buzz, the hype around the NBA offseason was over. The offseason is the NBA. It dominates the summer. Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. It's been the news lately. I know fans in Boston, and it's probably split right down the middle. Um, we'll talk about that, all that and more coming up next on Title Town. All right, we're back for episode two. Steve Bradley is with me. I'm Matt Ledoux. Uh, last time we checked in, we kind of went over the Celtics offseason. We talked a lot about the Nets and kind of this, you know, the situation they were in regarding Durant, regarding Irving. Um, and I can't remember if at the time, if Durant had offered or had put in his uh, request to be traded yet. Um, but that certainly sent shockwaves throughout uh, the NBA. And just recently, I believe it was last Monday, very early in the morning, um, Woj, Shams, they both came out and said that Boston was interested in Durant or there was the rumor that they had um, been talking with Sean Marks and the Nets organization regarding Durant. And then there was the follow-up that Jalen Brown and Derek White as well as the first-round pick were offered for Durant. Uh, like I've said, I've gone back and forth on this many times. Steve, I'll defer to you first. Um, what are your thoughts on the trade rumors? And would you want Durant in Boston? Was that only this past Monday? I believe so. I Boy, believe it seems so. Like about three weeks ago now, the amount of time I've been putting into it. Uh, would I want him there? Uh, as I've told you before, I go back and forth daily. Um, I'm kind of swinging now to, yeah, maybe, maybe do the deal. Um, for me, it's, you know, do I want a championship or do I want to watch how the current team evolves? It's made a couple of pick, picked up, uh, you know, two great acquisitions in the past month. And I was really happy with that. Do I, do I, am I craving only a, a, a pure NBA championship or am I, so intrigued by the by the team as it was um, or as it is right now that I, I want to see how that goes and that governs a lot of my thinking. If I want the championship, I think I want Durant. If I want to show some loyalty to what was built this last season, I say you know he's thirty three years old or you know mid thirties anyhow, and um, uh, keep keep with the uh, Brown is twenty five. And a huge upside with what two years left on a contract. And it's all kinds of questions about what he would do with that. So I, you know, I change daily. Yeah, it's. I think it's it's a super fluid situation. I'm with you. I flip flop. I change. I'm, I'm, you know, changing daily. One day I'm saying, you know, hell no, I'm not trading Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, etc., for him, and then. You know, the next day, um, you know, well, maybe there's a chance. I think, I think when you look at something like this, you have to kind of look at it in, you know, are you about, you know, the process? I hate saying the process because that's the 76ers thing, but I'll say <laughs> it here. Are you about the process of we believe that we can capitalize in this three to five year window and we can at least get one or two championships um, because winning is hard? Uh, the Bucks and the Suns, I think, are, you know, when when Phoenix lost in the finals, uh, what was that, two years ago, 
I mean, I think a, lot, a good portion of that fan base said, you know, there's nothing to be worried about. You know, we'll be back. And you saw that they didn't get back. And now that team is, you know, they, they brought back DeAndre in. But again, you wonder what the relationship there is like. And mm-hmm. and certainly for the Bucks, I mean, a, a Chris Middleton injury kind of hampered their ability to get back to the finals. We've seen it before in Boston, that championship windows where we think we have this seven to 10 year window. And that's just not the case. I mean, I think that 2018, 2019 team that brought back, you know, Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, had Rozier and all those guys. We said, this is something that's going to last for, you know, five to six years. And it only lasted one year and it was a miserable season at that. Um, so when I look at this, Boston had, they, look, they had a great run. They had a great season last year. Um, they managed to just skip by and get through to the, the East. Um, does Kevin Durant make them a better basketball team right now? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, it, it would depend on what you're giving up. If, if you're talking, you know, Jalen Brown, Derek White, and a first round pick, which was the deal that was reportedly offered, uh, then yeah, I think he does make you better because I do think with Brogdon Smart and Derek White, I do believe there is some redundancy there. Um, but swapping Jalen Brown and Kevin Durant, uh, as much as it pains me to say it, that makes you a better basketball team. Um, but when you get into talking Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Grant Williams or Robert Williams or whoever, who's another rotational piece and then three or four future first round picks, then I kind of start to lean the other direction of why don't we keep, you know, kicking this thing down the road and we kind of see what we have here. Um, I I like the team that Boston has assembled. It's a super deep team. Um, and I'm all for attacking this current window the best that they can. But I also look at it for what it is and say, if you're trading Jalen Brown, who's 25 or 26, and then you're trading Marcus Smart and say Grant Williams, who are both relatively young, along with five picks, say, because that's probably the going rate of what it's going to be. You're talking those picks are going to be in what, 2025, 2027, 2029, and and beyond. When, if you have guys leave because of, you know, money reasons or whatever, because the business side will kick in at some point, how are you then going to be able to keep your team relevant and keep building your team and making your team better, not just this year, but next year and even, you know, three to four years from now? And that's really the kind of the problem I have where right now this team set um, for the next three to four years. Um, so again, it, it would all depend on what, what the deal would look like in my, in my opinion. Yeah. I, um, I have a line in the sand and on my side of the line are smart and, and Rob Williams and probably Grant Williams. Though the, the first scenario you mentioned, uh, Brown and, and Derek White and two or three draft picks. That one I could swallow if it, uh, if, 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 if smart or Rob Williams are part of the deal, I might become a Pelicans fan. I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not quite sure where I'd go at that point, but yeah, that's, uh, I do not want to lose those guys. I think it's too much to, to give up. Um, but I do worry about, you know, Chris Middleton will probably be healthy. And I think that, you know, I wonder if, uh, you know, if, if, if he had played last last season, if he played in the, uh, if he played regularly, whether the Celtics would have made it to the finals. So uh, 
you know, I, I, I continue to worry about, about Milwaukee, not even thinking ahead to, you know, oh my God, Golden State again, but just, you know, Milwaukee's kind of chewing at my brain. So I think something has to be done, but, um, you know, you got a 24 and a 25 year old there who are very valuable pieces. And I'm sure the Tatum, you know, with his various problems that he had, particularly in the finals, lack of confidence and kind of disappearing at times, I think he will learn hugely from that. And so, you know, get those guys, those young pups, and uh, keep working with them. And I think what they have right now is going to be an extremely competitive team. So at the moment, which is something like, uh, you know, 12, 14 on Saturday morning, you know, let, let Durant go somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah. And, and I, you know, and, and I think there's something to be, you know, as much as, you know, I want to see the Celtics win a championship and, you know, I'm sure whoever's listening to this and, you know, you want to see the Celtics win a championship, of course, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about, you know, the journey of getting that championship. I, I would feel way better about this Celtic team that outside of, you know, Al Horford, Malcolm Brogdon, Gallinari, just about, I don't know if I'm missing any names here. It's been, they've all the guys they have have been drafted and developed. It's been a homegrown team. And I think there's something to be said in this day and age of superstars teaming up and, kind of, you know, the superstars running the league that for a team like Boston and a team like Golden State to draft well and to develop players well, I feel like winning a championship that way feels sweeter than having these guys that just chose to come play for your organization or play for your team winning it. Because, you know, what's the, what, what is the, the offseason on talk shows been about? you know, Kevin Durant left Steph Curry. He can't win without Steph Curry. And, you know, he hasn't won a championship yet without a super team. And if he comes to Boston, he instantly becomes the best player on the team. It'll be Kevin Durant's team. And then it'll be Jason Tatum second, like a one, one, a type thing. And if Boston wins, it won't be about, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did this and, and Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens, they did this and they drafted well and developed well and all the, you know, everything that, you know, teams hope to do in in building your team for you know the long run. It'll be well. Kevin Durant finally got over the hump and finally won his first championship without Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and a super team. And, and that to me, while winning championships in this day and age, whether it's in you know Major League Baseball, the NFL, anything, you can't be too picky because, like we said, you know, winning now is tough. There is part of me that I wouldn't feel the same, and. I don't know if in, you know, in 2008 when they had Garnett and now and those guys kind of put him over the top. I don't know if that felt the same for you. For me, I was pretty young at the time. I remember the series. Um, I, you know, at that age, I was just so ecstatic that they finally won. But for someone, you know, for you, did that feel the same as, you know, we talk about those teams that they built with Bird and Parrish, McHale, et cetera. You know, do you would it feel the same for you if we're saying, hey, let's just go cherry pick and get this guy instead of winning it with our own guys? Oh boy. Um well, what you're saying about building with trap with draft picks really resonates with me. I think what what did Davidson come this year? Well, the Celtics didn't draft until 53rd. 
yep. was, was that about yep. where he 53rd. came? I think he's had a pretty good summer, and there's, there's an upside to him. I think it's a pretty good upside, but you know, the elephant in the room with with the trade talk is yes, if it's uh, if it's if it's brown and white, there'll probably be three draft picks, and they won't be. You know, they'll be high draft picks. And so you're selling that away. And, you know, I did not, I, I would have much preferred, the, you know, last month, month and a half ago to have Celtics have one or two draft picks higher up. So I definitely don't want to see that kind of future salted away, particularly for someone who's, you know, 33 or 34 years old now. But you were talking before we, we came on here about Parrish, and I think he he his career lasted about as long as Tom Brady's did. I think Parrish kicked around until he was 43 or 44. And so, you know, Durant's 33 now. Would he is he going to be an effective player in 10 years? And also, and you know, he's, he's he'll have lots of opportunities to jump in three or four years. Um, if you can, but then the other piece is you know, Brown, is he going to opt out after two years? Or if they show the faith in him now by not trading him, um, you know, will he reward them, quote, unquote, by by sticking around? Or will he go for the big bucks? And then they're out draft picks. And I, you know, it continues to be com- confusing to me. But, you know, sometimes I don't mind, uh, uh, you know, trading up, if it's going to put you over the top. But in yeah. this case, I'm, I'm waffling with it. I yeah. like Kevin Durant. He's a kind of a generational player, right? Yeah. I mean, him and Jason Tatum together would be unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. And I, and I think the piece that you meant, the Jalen Brown piece that you mentioned is you got to be really taking into consideration when you're doing this. Um, Cause I don't know if you're, on Twitter, if you've heard the news or not, but he, I believe he's in Spain right now. And it was roughly, I want to say, you know, it was around noon this, you know, over in the States. And he sent out a tweet that was, that said SMH and it was, you know, shake my head. And it had the, it had Celtics fans just blowing up. It, it sent, you know, Jalen Brown was twen- was trending. The Celtics were trending. And, you know, obviously it, it's pretty, pretty bland. You don't really know what to take away from that. Um, you got to keep him happy. You got to hope he doesn't feel disrespected uh, to, to an extent. I'm, I'm not sure having your name being brought up in, in a trade uh, or one of the 13 or 14 greatest players of all time can be, you know, looked at as disrespect. But in a way, I, I can emphasize, I can, I can feel what Jalen is feeling. I just had this amazing season. I was arguably one of our best, if not our best player in two or three of the, the series we had in the playoffs. We were two wins from the finals. We just added two really good players that are going to assert that can help us and probably put us over the top. And you, you know, allegedly think you can do better. Um, if Brad is getting the intel that Jalen may not be coming back in two years, I think that's the only way that you even, you know, discuss this sort of thing. Because you're looking at a 25-year-old who's just maybe tapping into his prime as compared to the 33-year-old who, while he's still great, the decline and the regression 
any day now, it feels like. And there's a couple things that, you know, just outside of basketball too, that you, you can think about is, is, is Kevin Durant, does he want to be in Boston? Does, you know, is he going to fit in with this system? Is he going to put aside this whole, it's me against the world or me against everybody. And this, where he's going back at people on Twitter, on social media, uh, is he going to be happy, you know, while he's here? I have no clue. And I don't think anybody does. He's, he's the kind of guy that he just wants to show up and he just wants to play basketball allegedly. But, you know, I can, he wasn't happy in OKC for the seven or eight years he was there, rightfully so, playing with Russell Westbrook and seeing where his career is kind of gone. You can understand he wasn't happy in Golden State winning championships and going to the finals every year because he didn't get the validation that he thought he deserved, uh, whatever that's supposed to mean. And then he, he got to go, he got to pick to go to Brooklyn. He's in the media capital of the world playing with his best friend possible. And now he wants out. And that that's super alarming for me. And I think even before I get to the Jalen Brown and, and what Boston may have to give up for a player like that, I wonder if that you know, each stop along the way, it's been something with him. And I wonder if, if Brad Stevens takes that into consideration, like who's saying that this guy after one or two years, isn't just going to jump ship on me. And now I'm left with, you know, with what exactly. Yep. And I, and I think when, when taking into account doing something that is franchise altering, it's something that you really, you really have to consider. And I don't know if you can get, you know, that sort of commitment, especially in in this day and age, from someone like like Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to be I'd love to be tapped into Brad Stevens' phone right now to uh, you know listen to some of these. Con- <laughs> I'm assuming that he's you know keeping in contact with uh, with uh, with Brown, and uh, you know it might come down to is Brown the kind of person who is easily offended or does he hold grudges um even if they hold on to him is he is is this going to be a a, a a burr in his rear end for the next two years um I, I read a couple of things about it that anybody would be honored to be in the conversation in a trade for kevin durant but you know this each step along the way each step of this deal diminishes Jalen Brown's ego a little bit. It's not just Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant, of course, but it's Jalen Brown and this person or this person and or this person and or these draft picks. So each step of the way, you know, every time another piece is added to the trade package, the proposed trade package, that has to diminish Jalen Brown a little bit. And and I don't know if he's um you know, whether at 25 he has uh, a, a perspective on what legacy he's creating now, what legacy he's going to be left with. Um, certainly his legacy, if he if, if he ends up in Brooklyn, it's not going to be that that will have to diminish his legacy anyhow, because he can't. Um, I don't think he can carry that that team on his shoulders. But, yeah, you know, Durant, Durant has been um, – 
you know, he doesn't really sit still well. And he's always, for whatever reason, he's kind of looking for the next best offer. And I think he'd like to come to Boston. I think he'd probably love coming to Boston with the team they have. But is he going to get tired of them? Is it just another one? They're kind of a toy for him. Another you know, stop along the way. Time. And then if things go south at that point, if they get a couple of guys out of nowhere who are disgruntled, um, then you know, uh, Durant could, you know, get pouty in a couple of years and want to go elsewhere and find a new BFF, um, you know, on another <laughs> team that he wants to jump to. By the way, no, no, I'm not on Twitter. And when I read that comment, uh, the SMH comment, I had to look up what that meant. I didn't know what that meant. So <laughs> this has been a great learning experience for me uh, you know, since the trade broke. Because I now, uh, here I am right now, just SMHing. <laughs> do you yeah i i've been also you know the the timeline of events it's sort of Kyrie. he he was very quiet when it came to Kyrie and is he gonna opt in is he gonna opt out in the contract situation yeah. you didn't hear a lot from him and then Kyrie opts in and i believe it was the next day not even 12 hours later and durant requested a trade as you know they've said they've said it's not um, and I and I don't think you know Durant would ever admit to this because it kind of would just feel that narrative that the media has against them. Do you think there's any way that this is a Kyrie Irving related situation where Rich Kleiman, who's his his agent, his representative, is kind of like you got to get the hell away from this guy? Like if you could be friends with him, but you know you you can't be you know on the same team with him if you're trying to you know reach your goal and winning a championship it, it, it's similar not in you know i'm not comparing Dwayne wade and kyrie irving as far as you know their antics off the court or whatnot but i look at lebron and what was that the 2013 or 2014 nba finals whatever his last year in miami was he saw you know he looked around he saw wade you know his knees were kind of deteriorating and he wasn't at the same level and i don't think you'll find two guys that are better friends off the court than lebron and wade but lebron you know he chose to leave and um, he saw Wade wasn't the same player and he left. I almost wonder if you, you know, I think there's a little correlation here with that. You know, I don't know if, if that's something that you think is kind of driving this motivation for Durant to get out of, to get out of Brooklyn. Oh, I think it is, but, but that just might be the problems that I have had with Kyrie Irving. And um, he's just, as I've said before, he's a, you know, Kyrie Irving is several, psychological studies wrapped up in one talented but flawed package and i, I think that you know what he the weirdness if, if, if it's not negativity it's uh, kind of enduring weirdness that he brings to to his team to his it's always something um yeah, there's there's something there and i uh so you know to durant's credit if there if there are problems there he's uh He's not. Um, he, he's not throwing publicly throwing Kyrie under the bus. Yeah, which, you know, which is a. I mean, Durant. Durant's a decent guy, so th this doesn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, I think there's something definitely uh, wrong with uh, the mix he's feeling in Brooklyn, and definitely the mix he's feeling with uh, with Kyrie. Yeah, and, and all the signs I think you know kind of point towards that direction when. The, the trade request first came out. It was, you know, Durant and Irving, they still want to play with one another in the future. And it's like, 
if that's the case, you know, where's a better time to do that than in Brooklyn? Um, you know, Kyrie opted in. You're there for another four years. I mean, you know, Kyrie's on his best behavior. He gets the extension. You're there and you can, you're, you know, the career together. Um, and then recently there was the report saying that Kyrie will be committed and he wants to play the season out in Brooklyn with or without Durant. So, you know, all things considered, you wonder if, you know, things didn't maybe go as planned there as they thought. I know for the net side, you know, three or four years ago, whenever those two were signed and then the Harden thing, they probably never imagined it taking a turn like this. Um, but you put, you know, you put all your eggs in one basket with Durant and Irving. Yeah. How does the saying go? You get them the, uh, you know, the way the other people lose them. So, or you lose them the same way you get them. So, you know, it, it's an interesting storyline and an interesting angle when looking at something like this. Um, I think that's a big motivating factor. I think for Durant watching Curry and watching Clay and Draymond Green go back to the finals without him kind of lowers the validation of those championships that he won. Um, and I think in a way he's kind of looking around, you know, like, what am I left with? Um, and, and, you know, as we kind of wrap up here, I don't personally believe Boston will be landing Kevin Durant. Um, I think everything Brad Stevens said, you know, we can change a go at the Malcolm Brogdon and Gallinari press conferences where he said, you know, we're trying to add without subtracting. Um, you're adding, but you're subtracting an awful lot if that's the case. And, and I don't think that's the business Boston needs to be in. And I think it's just Brad doing his due diligence because I think every GM, whether you have, whether you're the Lakers or whether you're the Sacramento Kings, whoever, whatever big time player becomes available, you at least got to pick up the phone and call. I think that's what Brad did. I think in my opinion, the Nets are losing leverage to a point where Durant could hold out. Um, otherwise you're not leaking information from, you know, a month ago. Um, but you know, that's kind of where I stand. I think you, you keep, you keep going down the path that you're on. I think you've really built something here. Um, do you have any closing thoughts from, you know, everything we've talked about? Well, what, what you just said is the spot I'm in now. And I, I think that for Durant looking at Boston, I don't think I don't think the Celtics have any problem children. I, I think that they're they're a pretty stable team. I think he could also look over at um, the power in the in, in the huddle in the timeout huddles that's that's been afforded to Marcus Smart and Al, Al Horford. So if uh, somebody's looking, if Kevin Durant is looking for a team where he can have an enhanced leadership role and um, I don't know, help out the younger players, help out the team in the moment when timeout's been called, things have been going bad for the last uh, minute and a half. And, you know, he, he it, it won't be, it is not a coach's show there entirely. So I think there are some real strong incentives for him, but uh, I, I would prefer they, 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 they keep what they have now, which I love, and uh, don't, don't add by subtracting and be willing to be patient and if they don't if they don't win a title this next year by by uh holding on to Jalen brown then we wait for the year after that 
life is long. Well, life is long for you. It's not quite so long for me, but I've, I, you know, I've had a lot of Celtics glories over the decades. So, you know, I can afford to be a little more liberal minded about this, but uh, yeah, you know, you're, you're going to be in for a lifetime of uh, Celtics championships. Um, so, you know, you, you've kind of drawn the long, long straw on that one. Yeah, I hope that's the case, man. I, I hope. I, <laughs> I'm sure yeah, it is. <laughs> we got to gotta get one. Uh, and who knows, maybe into training camp, that price comes down and he becomes a little bit more affordable and you kind of circle back around. Um, that's going to do it for the episode. Um, it was cool getting together. You know, we took a week or so off, kind of needed some some news to talk about. And we got Kevin Durant in Boston. So, you know, anytime yeah. you can talk about Kevin Durant and the Nets being broken down again (laughs) what what's what you know it doesn't get much better Um, no no. (laughs) uh, that being said steve thank you and uh thanks to everyone for listening let's go celtics yes go celtics thanks matt